You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast, bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah Utes. Now, your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott. Welcome into the Utah Man Podcast. I'm Cameron. We got Ryan. Hey, Ute Nation. And Scott. How we doing? It's been a while. It has been a while. It's good to be back. It's good. We had to take a little bit of a break, but it's good to be back. Good to be talking Utes. Good to be recording again. <laughs> the right? running Utes just put us under. <laughs> they put everybody under. Put a lot of people to like sleep. A general uh, anesthetic. We, we we actually transferred out of the podcast <laughs> for a little while. <laughs> All right. So we thought we'd kind of. Uh, start the podcast talking about some Ute news. Uh, just kind of get everyone up to speed, kind of what's going on um, with uh, the University of Utah. And before we do that, uh, this is brought to you by Double Tree Suites by Hilton in Salt Lake City downtown, 110 West, 600 South, 801-359-7800. You guys know Colby from Top Golf. Yes. Great guy. We played Top Golf with him down there. Thanks for hosting us, Colby. He he sent me a message. Golf. His wife's birthday's coming up. He wanted oh. to do something. So they're doing a staycation in downtown Salt Lake, uh, staying at Double Tree, doing dinner down there. So pretty cool if you have your wife's or girlfriend or significant other's birthday or anniversary coming up. It's a good idea. Do a little staycation, get out of the house, go downtown, have some fun. Yeah. All right, so Utes in the news. Spring football has started, and unlike other years, not all the practices are open to the public. Ooh. Well, only two practices and two scrimmage scrimmages outside of the red-white game this year. So yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a big cutback. Really interesting. And usually it would be for all three hours. Um, but now they're limiting it to like an hour and a half, two hours. And even the I think, media I think they, is they, being I think excluded they, you from know, it. You know, Witt's probably installing this new offense and all the time it's going to take to teach the wideouts how to run something that's not an out pattern or a screen. So it's going to take some time <laughs> to kind of get everybody up to speed a little bit. Ba-dum-bum. So just some quick dates that are coming up. Uh, if you want to go and watch practice, this Saturday, March 25th, there's an open practice at Rice Cycle Stadium from 10 to noon. Uh, and then the one after that that's open to the public is Friday, March 31st from 10 to 11.30 at Rice Cycle Stadium. And, Again, and we're going to be up there Saturday, right? We are. Uh, those are subject to change, both time and location. Uh, we do have uh, a location. Locate, Yeah, because they have practice field. Are we practicing in Provo? Depends on the weather. Because they, be the, they can be at the... Eccles practice field, the indoor stadium, the or, or Rice Eccles, <laughs> or the Huntsman. So we have the fan schedule up on our site at utahmanpodcast.com. Uh, we keep that up to date as soon as we are notified from the university. We get that updated as soon as possible. So keep an eye on that if you want to head up to practice. Football season tickets, the due date if you haven't done yours yet. I'm a sinner. I haven't done it. It's coming up April 24th. We all know Ryan's got his done. Yes, <laughs> Ryan's pretty quick on the trigger with things. Nope, haven't done mine yet. <laughs> Ryan's the kind of guy that's calling the rep the day of or the day after. 
Uh, so make sure it, he's, to, he's still trying to find that recipe first, and then <laughs> then I'll get the season tickets. So make sure to renew your season tickets by April twenty fourth. You get a little bit of a month uh, to get that done. And tailgating, if you want a tailgating pass for the season, Guardsman lot sold out. The East lot, uh, it's five hundred dollars for the season and a one time donation to the Crimson Club Athletic Fund, or the grass bases. Is that on Guardsmen? Yeah, I, I, I think that's so. what it is. That's, They've got them on Guardsmen, and then they also have them going up. What's that? Fifth South. Uh, that's five hundred. Right under the Institute. Okay, that's five hundred uh, per pass, and you get a parking pass included. If you just want to do one game, there is Guardsmen lot one games at a hundred dollars a game. The East lot and Grass lots are available at a hundred dollars a game. If you're into tailgating, we got to go to Pig Bus. He keeps telling us we're invited. We got to check him out. Mm, bacon. And the last bit of news, the Red Rocks Utah Gymnastics won the Pac-12 championship. Michaela Skinner got screwed on the season awards. Didn't win gymnast of the year. Didn't even win freshman of the year. But yet she set records all through the season. She's like top three in the country for all around. I, I agree that she got hosed. But I have never seen Twitter more so, alive in my life over so gymnastics. Awesome. Hey, gymnastics. Oh my gosh. Okay. You I don't mess with our gymnastics. The Pac 12 no. Twitter page just got bombarded. I have never been a gymnastics <laughs> fan in the last three years. I've sat and I've watched meets, and it's actually pretty fun. No, they're amazing. They are fun, and they're great athletes. I mean, I'm not knocking the sport at it by any means. It's just funny that. To me, it's it's just funny. It's usually football, big time, a little bit of basketball, but then gymnastics came okay. so hard. <laughs> Who got a bigger reaction on Twitter? Gioni Paul not winning Defensive Player of the Year <laughs> or Skinner not getting any season? I'd have awards. to go with Skinner. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was so entertaining to watch though. <laughs> but in all honesty, how does she not win it? They're they're. There is a pattern of Utah athletes just getting kind of hosed on these things, and uh, whether whatever the reasoning being, it's ridiculous. But uh, yeah, those girls are amazing at what they do, and who knows? Maybe gives them a little chip on the shoulder to go bring home a, a national championship and raise it to the rafters. That'd be cool. Uh, they are in the regionals in Fayetteville, Arkansas. I'm not from the South. I probably butchered that because I always Sounds butcher everything me. on here. And that's on April 1st, Saturday, Saturday, April 1st. You sure it's not in Tempe? Oh, I hate you. <laughs> what was the other one? That was the only one. No, that wasn't. <laughs> that was the only one. All right, so that will kind of do it for Utes in the News, kind of get everyone kind of up to speed on what's going on with the programs up there, because it has been a while since we recorded. But really, I think we want to talk about the big elephant in the room with Utah basketball with their season ending. Wow. What a disappointment. So, well, let me, let me, let, let's kind of put this out there. If you base it off of your expectations midseason, I think it's a major disappointment. But where where were your expectations going into the season? You're, I mean, you're absolutely right. Going into the season, I had no expectations whatsoever because we lost uh, some good talent and didn't, at least on paper, didn't seem to fill those spots. Um, 
and they started out playing poorly. Then about mid-season, started playing really well. That one point loss to UCLA, and everyone thought, "Well, this this team's good. They're gonna maybe make the tournament." And then, boom, <laughs> they just hit rock bottom and stayed there. Well, and if you look at it, preseason they were picked eighth in the conference. They finished fourth. We were at the last game against um, Stanford, and we even asked Larry that, or I asked Larry that about was his success being picked eighth and finishing fourth. And and he said it was name dropper. He said it was a nice, you know, way to kind of stick it to the media for voting them eight. So yeah, preseason looking at it, you could say, yeah, the, the team had his success, but I think over time and especially over the season, you have to change that mentality. What pisses me off is at the end of the season, when they lose in an NIT game to Boise State, Larry's still up there boasting about finishing fourth in the league. Well, no, nothing came away positive a week ago, Tuesday. Making the NIT, how, they're, how they performed in the NIT, how Larry handled it post-game, it was a, it His was, post-game it was a disaster. Was a, was a it disaster. really was. And I'm a big fan of Larry. I I really like him. I think he's one of the best coaches on the West Coast um, in the conference. As far as X's and O's, I I think he's got a ways to go as far as building a culture. You know, we kind of refer to what Whittingham and what he's been able to do, that family atmosphere, that culture. You know, it it does not. Now, granted, we're not in the locker room. We're not privy to a lot of this information that, uh, that we talk about. And that's on Twitter. That's on on uh, sports radio, but there definitely seems to be some issues within the culture and the fact that every year we, we get five, six guys transferring out of the program. There's no continuity. Um, well, that's bound to happen again this year. Look at the way the season ended. It may need to happen this year. But, I mean, that it, can't, it, it can, shouldn't. It shouldn't. It, that can't continue to happen or you're never going to progress. Exactly. You're never, you're never going to build that foundation to a program if you just let no, guys no, no. leave and then no, just keep I agree. bringing I agree 100%. In. I agree 100% with that. But do you want Rawson to be part of that foundation? Parker Van Dyke? I mean, to an extent, we have got to get more talent in the program. I'm not saying that you, you, you don't get more talent because obviously you Every year when you recruit, you got to bring in better guys. He even talked about that. He, you know, he said he they need to get better shooters. They need to get more athletic. Every program wants to do that, but where I get frustrated is every year it's a rebuild. Well, if you just look, let's look at two players we lost because of transfers last year: Chris Reyes and Chapman. What were they replaced? Who were they replaced with? Tyler Rawson. Essentially, we went and got Tyler Rawson as soon as we missed out on Markinen, and and I, I I believe if I'm remembering the timing right that Omer Yurtsevin, uh, who ended up going to uh, NC State, and Rawson was kind of that fill in, go get another big guy, mm-hmm. and uh, and then as far as uh, Chapman, I mean we did. I mean you lost Chapman, you lost Isaiah Wright, Ogby, and I'm not saying these guys are. Pack twelve, first team Pack twelve players. Well, no, but you, you but don't. you need those pieces to continue to build that program. Yeah, and I mean, you want and you say Ty Rawson and Parker Van Dyke. Yeah, they're probably shouldn't be starters on a team, but they should be role players 
for a couple minutes every night. Yeah, on I don't. A team. I yeah. If if Rawson was getting seven to eight minutes, your ninth guy off. You know, the ninth guy coming off the bench, no big deal. Um, the problem is when you compare what we've got to the top three teams in the league, because that's really who, who you're competing against. Um, and to break into that top tier with with uh, we are nowhere close. Yeah, we finished fourth, but we are so far no, behind I mean, they're, one, they're, two, and three. Oh, there's a Grand Canyon yeah. between between us and those other those other three programs. And but but as I look at it, yes, we finished fourth, and and credit goes to Larry and the staff for finishing fourth with this roster. Because let's play let's play a little game here. Where would you rank Utah's roster today in the Pac-12? Easily, easily not better than eighth, maybe not even ninth. To be honest, so I went through it. I would, I would put obviously the top three. Clearly, I'd put Cal in front of us. I would put Washington, even though Washington was abysmal roster-wise. They got a lot of talent, Mm -hmm. a horrible coach. But they've got a lot of talent on that team. Colorado's probably even. Yeah, I, I'm kind of in the, you know, probably seven, eight, nine range. Roster wise, currently. So if if that's true, say heck of a coaching job. You, you it coached is. them to it a is. fourth place. But there's a long ways to go. I tweeted out after the NCAA's this weekend how far away we are after watching those games yeah i mean it's not even now I, some of those teams north I, dakota and south dakota well, State. And all, all three of us were there and who do we say we saw arizona gonzaga i mean obviously those are hey, even st mary's st right mary's, mary's they were fun to watch very good yeah well then and, and they, they execute really they well execute they execute so well, and and that's a problem. You're you're you know a St. Mary's team. You're not going to look at them and go, "Wow, they're so athletic," or they've just got these star recruits because they don't. But they've got guys that fit roles, that play their roles. They work as a team. They execute as a team. But part of that goes back to they're not changing a roster every year. Mm-hmm. You know, so so these guys come in and they get to spend one, two, three, in some cases four years together. And uh, and you know, Coach Bennett, he he does a heck of a job. I I'm a big fan of him. He's he's rumored to potentially be in the mix for the Cal job, which I would not like. He's a heck of a coach, but he's got to get a tailor. <laughs> His suits are so that, baggy that suit, all the time. That suit is uh, <laughs> he's drowning in it's it. It's like a twelve year old wearing his dad's <laughs> suit, and he never and he never unbuttons it. Even when he sits down, it drives me nuts. Well, that's it's it's so baggy. He doesn't have to. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, we, you know, we can hound on these things to death. There's there's a lot of holes in the roster, um, but there but there's there's some fundamental issues with this team, you know, yeah, and and not even just this year. We've seen the turner turnover issue be a thing, even when we went to the Sweet Sixteen. When you had Delon Wright, you had Pirtle, you had Loveridge, you had Brandon Taylor, you had Tucker, you had you had a good base, you had a great team. And yet we've still have seen these issues with not being able to take care of the ball. You know, this year, I mean, it was just the fundamentals. Defensively, we were just so inconsistent. Hedging on screens, help defense. Help defense was just abysmal a lot of this year. 
boxing out, making the correct passes. I mean, towards the end of the season, we would we would turn down opportunities to op- to shoot an open shot, to dribble into trouble, and then throw the ball away, or to th- or to throw it to a teammate who's basically being double teamed. It's just we those were those are the fundamental things because obviously a roster is what it is and if you miss out on guys you're going to have to go to plan b or sometimes plan c to get to get to fill a roster and get guys but what why the lack of fundamentals that's what really was kind of discouraging to me this year and i think that's the one thing i took away from watching the ncaa games down at vivid home is how well those teams pass the ball especially st mary's the way that they were cutting and passing, to me, that's what Utah needs to improve on to take that next step. I would agree. And also what, what I took away from that, watching those teams, especially Gonzaga, Arizona, and St. Mary's, is not only their execution, but their floor spacing, which helps them execute appropriately. I mean, I, How many games did we watch Utah this year where it just seemed like a cluster, and there's no room for people to operate. And then you're asking them to go one-on-one with the shot clock winding down. You know, and that's the thing is, you know, I, I've n- never truly been a big fan of Larry's offense that he runs. I get it. It's a pro system, and it works, but you've got to get the guys to make it work. And too many times we were just inconsistent and and I know I probably shouldn't harp too much on offense because I think our the bigger the bigger issue is literally on the defensive side of the ball. And you it doesn't matter if you got a four star recruit or if you got a two star recruit, you can play defense. And we know Larry knows how to teach defense. He's proven it. Mm-hmm. So whether the guys aren't buying in, whatever the issues are, hopefully that's something that gets addressed moving forward because if you can if you can consistently play defense i mean look at south carolina what they did yesterday against duke they, south carolina has never been to the sweet 16 they got some talent on that team but they don't have duke's kind of talent they shut duke down offensively they played such great defense in this in the second half of that game duke could not do what they wanted to they could not get the shots that they wanted to they were one and done every time that's how you. That's how you. If you don't have the same talent, we're never. I mean, we're never gonna have the talent Arizona has. We're never gonna have probably UCLA or to an extent now Oregon. So you have got to be able to make it up somewhere else, and you're gonna do that on the defensive side. But you gotta get. You, you gotta still have talent. You gotta have length. But you gotta. It has to go back to the fundamentals and basics. Well, oh, go ahead, Ray. Go. Take that same philosophy and go back to the 97-98 team when we went to the championship. Who were those guys? Yeah, Andre Miller played in the in the NBA for several years. Doliak played for a little bit. Alex Jensen played maybe a couple of years. But other than that, you've got just a bunch of guys that went out there and worked hard and knew their role. Well, And they had Coach Majerus. Who well, they was, did, but... but- they had Coach Majerus, who did not allow them to not do things the right way. Mm-hmm. Their fundamentals were one of the best in the country. Yeah, they weren't the most talented team. Doliak made the t- made the league, and Hano made the league because of essentially what Utah turned them into. Once they got to the league, neither of them did really much of anything. 
But at Utah, with the way Majerus ran things, and, and, you know, this isn't a, let's go back to Majerus days because those are long gone. But, you know, I think it's a good example. You can make up a lot of ground if if you're going to do the fundamentals extremely well, and we just did not this year. And see, and this is where I got frustrated is we saw glimpses of it. Yeah, we did. I mean, we played very well at, at Arizona. Uh, we beat USC. Killed I mean, USC. USC at the time only. They were ranked I mean, in they the were, top 20, top 25 at least when we played them. And, I mean, and they still made the tournament. Mm-hmm. So they're a tournament team. Um, UCLA, we hung with them. Uh, the Oregon game here. We saw uh, the last game against Cal here. We saw glimpses of it. But, but see, in those games, what did we do well? It was our effort on defense. We played, yes, we played so much better. The problem is we just couldn't consistently get that type of effort exactly. across the board. And well, and I and I'm going back to the Boise game. Yes, it's the NIT. No one wanted to be there, and it, going to the NIT, and then a week, the same week, going to the NCAA tournament. Oh my gosh, it's night and day. It's professional versus junior jazz really it is but the effort that they put against boise state was the same garbage that we've seen in effort a lot of times this year well i mean you saw the pictures that were tweeted out from utah (laughs) basketball twitter account (laughs) had to be deleted how excited they were (laughs) to be in the in the in the nit and the the selection process and yeah they're just at that point the kind of season Unless you were maybe able to make a run and get all the way to back to New York, sure, that can help a little bit. But at that point, I think these guys knew. They were deflated. There there just wasn't much to play for anymore. There's, there's. I mean, we don't have any insight into the locker room, but at least from the outside, it appears there, there could be some bad blood and chemistry issues, too. I mean, you've got people in and out of the lineup. I mean, Parker Van Dyke. Starts a few games and then towards the end of the season doesn't even get in a game. Then you've got the suspension of Devin Daniels. You, I think you've got so many things, and you have Ty Rawson starting <laughs> at the end of the year. Seriously, Chris Reyes would have been an MVP on this team. <laughs> oh, geez. Seriously, you know what? The guy couldn't make a layup to but save he his life. And he but could... you know what? He never n- did not hustle. He th- that's the effort that these guys need to get. And if they're not going to give it, go find some guys that will. But, you know, it was pretty telling post-game. You know, Larry said, it's a good thing we're going to head into spring break. Um, the guy, I think the guys need some rest from me, and I need it from them. So, you know, that towards the very, end of the season, yeah, it was it was probably yet. pretty tough. Um, I think was he, he was wearing on them, and they, he, they were clearly wearing on him, and... Uh, yeah, it's not. It was not all kumbaya in the, that locker room. It was also clear from his statements that there was, at least in his opinion, there was a lack of leadership from any players. Don't tell that to Kuzma. Oh, I, I honestly did not like the way Larry handled. I that. don't like no. it either, but it, it it's evident. But as a fan watching it, you could tell. I no, I, I get what Larry was doing. He was trying. I think. I think he was trying to motivate. By going through the media and trying to put some pressure on these guys to Jerry step Sloan up. Jerry would do things like that once in a while too. I think coaches do that. But 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 and I think that can work. 
but in this case, it backfired. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, a good friend of the of the podcast, Steve Bartle from Scout, pointed out. Uh, he he said on Twitter, essentially, Winningham's Winningham with the family mentality would never do that. Well, look look when Kalen Clay fumbled. What was Witt's response? We as coaches need to teach him better so that doesn't happen. He did not throw anything on Kalen Clay, and he had every opportunity to. And 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 Witt's done that in any situation. Uh, you know, a late game collapse. A dumb, boneheaded play. He always puts it on himself and the staff. And Larry was dishing it right back onto the players all year long. And you know that's probably what led to some of this bad blood, it, which leads me to believe that there's going to be quite a few faces on next year. Quite a few new faces on next year's let's, team. Let's play the transfer wheel. Spin the wheel, Cam. Oh, before we get <laughs> before we get that, we got to take a quick break. Uh, this segment's brought to you by our sponsors at Farmers Insurance. For protecting your home, vehicle, and family, look to Farmers Insurance. Call Scott Omer at 801-307-4046. All right, so the transfer wheel. Spin it again, Scott. I don't know if you can consider this a transfer. Wait, it hasn't stopped. I don't know if you can consider this a transfer. I think Kuzma's gone. Oh uh, yeah, I I don't think that's uh, he probably much is of gone. In question, the and question he, becomes: Should he be gone? Is he ready to move on? He he graduates. No, oh, I mean, he's is gonna, he ready for the NBA? Oh, he's going from he's, his perspective. He's transferring to Gonzaga. Oh, ever heaven, <laughs> Arizona. Heavens. No, I'm just from joking. his no, perspective. He's going to I do get it. He's been in the program four years. He's got his degree. And if he's not loving playing for Larry, I get where he says, look, I'm going to go try something new, whether that's overseas, whether that's the D-League, or maybe he makes a roster um, with it being a second-round pick. Um, Obviously, from a fan standpoint, we need him. We need him drastically because, uh, you know, next year the thought without him and potentially some other transfers, I I, I do think uh, Devin Daniels returns. You know, that's that's no insider information. It's just opinion. But I think he comes back. But, yeah, I think you're going to see maybe a Van Dyke transfer. Hopefully, Rawson. Um, that's my boy. Um, you know, outside of that, I don't think you're going to see Bearfield. You know, we got Beeler coming back. All right. You think Bearfield's no, I, gone? I mean, I don't think you're going to see him go. Oh. I think he's back. Um, I'm not sure. I think Colette? Colette's only, Colette's only got one, only more, got year, one more year, so I don't I don't think he goes anywhere unless he and unless, unless he, he tries, decides to transfer a week before opening season, <laughs> opening game. <laughs> uh, you said uh, Devin Daniels real quick. He did tweet this out uh, a couple days ago. He says, "What don't break you make you a hundred percent." Utah fans, we are going to come back stronger next year. Thank you for all the support. Time to get better. That was that's encouraging. It, it is, especially because you know we were hearing a couple weeks ago that the whole Daniels thing was very fluid, that the door was open for him to stay, but they weren't expecting expect it. or a hundred percent expecting it. So yeah, that's so. Good I, news. I mean, as I much mean, as we've ripped on Larry uh, during this podcast, this is one thing I he did do right. Well, 
And, and but the problem is, did he? We don't really know because we don't even know what fully happened. what happened. It, it could be something minor, and he could have gone over the top. Because didn't he sit out? Was it three games? Mm-hmm. But no, I'm not. I'm not talking about and, the and suspension. Maybe, and maybe not, it was appropriate. And I'm not. We don't ta- know. I'm not talking about the suspension. I'm just talking about. We know for a fact something happened. We've heard rumors. We don't need to get into it. But the fact that there was a chance for Daniels to leave, and he still might, but there was a chance for him to leave, and a, what he's saying on Twitter is that whatever happened, Larry has worked with him. That yeah. he's not jumping ship. That that does give me some some hope, like a ray of sunshine, if you want to say, with, with this program and guys leaving, is that we had an individual, we had a kid who had a situation, very easily could have left. But he, on Twitter, is staying. And to me, I think that shows progress. And oh, I got to give Larry credit for keeping him in the fold. Well, to an extent, I agree. But part of it is, I don't think Larry should be patted on the back for having a freshman come back for a sophomore year. Regardless of what happened, I mean that should be pretty standard. Not with about with the history of transfers. I know. I I, I will know. give him a gold star. <laughs> oh jeez! And I think that's where our problem is. If he's getting a gold star for somebody that's coming back for his sophomore year, I think that that's our problem. Is that's the culture no, that we're talking about? No, that's the culture because because if if Daniels were to leave, and I know he's not a hundred percent with the program next year. This is all what we're reading on Twitter. I'm just hypothetically, he's on, still on the team, which it looks like it is. The mentality, the history of this program was to get out as fast as you can. It seemed like well, but 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 here's and it's but here's turned my point. the corner. I don't care if it's one guy no, who's no, no. coming back for his sophomore season, like you're saying. But but I'll listen. look how many guys had an opportunity to leave, and what did they do? They jump ship. I know, but what I'm saying is if we go into every offseason with our fingers crossed and just hoping, hope guys don't transfer, we're never going to get there. You've got to create the culture exactly. where transfers and are not an it's issue. It's got to start somewhere. Well, for all we it know, it has to start he somewhere. Knew Kuzma was gone, so he begged Daniels to stay. <laughs> no, and, and of course, of course, it's got to change and it has to start somewhere. I completely agree. All I'm saying is I don't think we need to throw a parade that he convinced a kid to stay. Well, that's coming from the yeah, guy who <laughs> always throws parades. Well, yeah, Travis Wilson deserved him. Larry hasn't. Larry hasn't deserved a parade yet. Uh, he might get a parade for this. <laughs> oh, I, you guys, I think this is a big deal. You guys don't, and I do. Well, if he goes, look, it frees up more at- minutes for Rawson. <laughs> <laughs> Every single guy who's wanted to leave the program, at least that we know of, has left. We know that Larry met with okay, Ogby uh, okay, okay. every single okay. day, Here. trying to beg him to stay. And he transfers to UVU. Here's a, here, here's a a completely different subject here. Listen, all these guys who have transferred, who has transferred to a bigger program than Utah? I don't know. Utah's <laughs> not that big right now. No, no, no. But who, okay, okay, none, who? none. But Ogby goes to UVU. Reyes goes to Santa Clara. Santa Clara. I went to Pepperdine. Wright goes Maybe, to okay. one of those schools. They're all the same. They live by the ocean and they play well, in, in, gym, high in high school gyms. Um, Chapman goes to Weber State. Uh, who else has gone? 
uh, Mill the Miller kid from Brighton. I I think he went to like Indiana Snowflake University. Mm. Seriously, okay. So geez, if, that, just, if no, it doesn't listen, matter, then no, why why are we complaining? That we have transfers year after year. Hey, if it doesn't listen. matter if they go to some crap little school, why does it matter? Will you let then me, why, make, why will you let me yeah. make my point? No, I'll, I'll, I'll let you make your point. Instead of, instead of interrupting me so I can't make my point. Well, I feel like I'm back in debate debate <laughs> season again. And then we have Ryan on the fence. <laughs> I'm not on the fence either way. So I'm getting back to my point. It's not so much a transfer issue. It's a recruiting issue. All these guys we're realizing aren't good enough to play at the Pac-12 level, so they're transferring to Podunk University. We're failing at the front end. We're failing at the recruiting end. Go, go look yeah, at the no, classes. No, 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 I will. No, I will agree. Recruiting's a whole go, different, go a look, whole different animal. Go look here. at the classes. Uh, from, recruiting's from day a one. whole different situation here, of Scott. Course. It's a completely different situation. You want to talk about Chapman? They put restrictions on where people can transfer to. He was restricted. Well, I don't think. I don't think. You know, Wisconsin was trying to get Reyes. If he was going to go to Michigan, we, they wouldn't stop. Because him. they don't build their programs on transfers and low end JC guys. I guarantee that, you. I guarantee you. There's there's a ton of teams that are playing this weekend and are playing in March Madness who have transfers coming in every year. Maybe not maybe not six, but they'll have one or two come in. And are they their key players? No. But that's what I'm saying. Is the, the guys that are transferring out of our our program are not key players? They were to our program. But that's an indictment on his ability again, to recruit. It's the front uh, but, end. It's the front no, end. No, and I know there's a problem with recruiting. I'm not saying that it's it's perfect. I know there's a lot of issues. But what I'm talking about is just the culture of transferring. We just said 10 minutes ago that every offseason you want to recruit better. Yes, you do. Every team does. Exactly. Okay, Recruiting and guys transferring out to me is completely different situations. Not, not in this case. They're transferring out because they can't make it. Because they're not cutting it. Reyes wasn't a Pac-12 player. That's not what you were just saying 10 minutes ago. You were saying that it was the culture of this program for guys to leave. So now you're saying that they're... They just can't hack it in the Pac-12, so that's why they're leaving. No, no, it's so, it's a not a so it's not a culture problem at all. What I just said, it starts on the front end. And then, once they're getting in the program, yeah, it is a culture issue. But it's also a talent issue. Which means the coaches aren't doing a good enough job deciphering who's talented enough to play in the Pac-12. So they get these guys who, they're four-star, five-star guys out of high school. They get in the door, and then they figure out they can't play. So they leave. So the team that just went to the NCAA, went to the second round, they're not good enough to play in the Pac-12. Because that's where we went. I think Chapman physically had the capabilities of playing in the Pac-12 because he showed glimpses of of playing really well. But to me, and again, no insider information, this is just strictly my opinion, I kind of got the impression that he couldn't hack playing uh, for that coaching staff. Okay, and not to get onto a diatribe and, and this to take 25 minutes to get through here, but 
you know, every coach in the country has hits and misses. So I'm not, we're not, and I'm not here to say, you know, Larry's an outlier in this because every program has this. You're not going to hit on every kid. But the problem is we definitely have been missing, it seems like, on our more than our fair share. You know, 2012, we bring in a lot of guys and, and had success with a lot of them. Jordan Loveridge, Brandon Taylor, Dakari Tucker, those three were big for the program. Um, Renan Lentz, I can't remember how you pronounce the first name, didn't do really much of anything. Justin Seymour transferred out of the program. Dallin Bashinsky ended up being a pretty good role player as a big man. Jeremy Olson, the same thing. So I, I consider that class a success because the majority of it really uh, made a big impact at the U. 2013, Ahmad Fields transferred out, nothing. Brandon Taylor transferred out, nothing. Parker Van Dyke could possibly Brandon be Brandon Taylor didn't transfer Brandon, out. Brandon, oh, sorry, Brandon Miller. Oh. Brandon Miller from Brighton. Parker Van Dyke, uh, um, you know, we'll wait to see what happens with him. Kyle Kuzma, DeLon Wright, both were huge for the program. Um, Princeton Anwaz um, transferred out. Ogby transferred out. Marco Kovet, Kovet, Kovesevic transferred out. 2014, Breckett Chapman. Transferred out. Isaiah Wright transferred out. Jakob Pertle transferred to the NBA. Chris Reyes transferred to Pepperdine or Santa Clara or Loyola Marymount. <laughs> um, twenty fifteen, Jace Johnson. You know, still in the program and probably will be a good impact on the program. Mikhail Mawani transferred out. Zoe maybe needs to transfer out. Is my mic on? Uh, Beeler. Beeler's actually coming on. Beeler was one of the best players towards the end of the season. He really was. And why he sat the bench for three quarters of it, I don't know. And then this last year, buckle up, put your seatbelts on. Devin Daniels, the one and only Tyler Rawson, Jojo Zamora, Jakob Yokel, Chris Seeley, Tim Coleman, I rest my case. Some some good impactful players there, but there's a lot of guys who are now playing for other teams that really just, you know, you've got to do better than that. And and the problem is I know the staff is working day and night. I mean, we saw it this weekend um, with what Gonzaga has, Tilly at Gonzaga, um, Marking in Arizona. Marking in Arizona. But the other big man for uh, at Gonzaga, his name escapes me. Um, Karnowski? No, he's a young. Oh, Collins. Yeah, Zach Collins. Zach Collins, Marking in, Omer Yurtsevin, uh, Frank Jackson. Uh, we just lost out on uh, a- a- ACOT. We lost out to, to Creighton for that. Uh, Epperson, big man, you know, we just keep coming up second for a lot of these big name players. And so if we would have landed some of these guys, it's a whole different story. I mean, if you have Zach Collins, Tilly in the program, Markinen in the program, hey, we're, okay, we're but, the Sweet but, 16. But you, but you don't. Exactly. And that's don't. why you got to build some sort of culture. Look, okay, look at the football program. When, 
we were in the Pac-12, and we started getting in the in the doors of the of the higher star recruits. We were coming in second and third. Now we're winning our share of those battles. Yeah, we're still losing guys to USC and whatnot, but but we're still winning some of them now. What were we? What was Whittingham doing while he was coming in second and third? He was keeping that program together and building on what he had. That's all I'm saying about Larry. And I don't want this to come across that I'm I'm ripping on Larry because I think he is a hell of a coach. I don't want him to leave. Can't say hell on the air. I don't want him to leave. I know there's been talk on social media about has the program peaked under Larry? Would the program be better if Larry would just leave? I don't th- I don't think any of that is true. I want Larry to be the coach. I believe in Larry. However, we've got to create some type of culture, family culture if you will, to keep the program afloat until we can start getting those higher end recruits consistently. Oh, I agree. And I think Larry Larry is the guy. Yeah. He is one of the best coaches. So, yeah, we're not trying to run him off, but these things have to be approached and addressed if if we're going to get to where everybody wants wants to be. We've got to start winning some of these whether it's we need to hire a bag man, I don't know. <laughs> but uh I mean, it's uncanny how many times we finished second for some of these elite prospects. But and th- I mean I, I I agree with Cameron to a certain extent on a culture. You you kind of have to think though maybe some of the reason they're missing out on some of these bigger name players is they're looking at a program that doesn't have any type of, well, it doesn't have any type of consistency. There's no, there hasn't been a set of core players that has stayed year after year after year, other than that sweet 16 team. You're right. And I think these elite prospects, they want to play with other elite guys. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, they don't, you know, to an extent, yeah, I'm sure they want to be the big dog, but they also want help. Yeah. I mean, you, you, at this level, it takes, it's, it's not the NBA where you've got one or two stars and you can go, go on a, you have to have, you have to play a team game in college and there has to be several players. It can't just be one guy. You're you're not going to get it done in college with no, just one guy. You're not. And, and but to an extent you're going to have to get that first guy eventually. So you got to get him somehow and then hopefully you can parlay it into a second or a third, you know, down the road. And until we can do that, I mean, you're basically going to have to rely on getting more out of your talent, which is what we've done. And uh, but that's only going to take you so far when you're dealing with Arizona every year, you know. And and make no mistake, Arizona knows what they're doing. They came in very late the ball game on marketing. and they weren't even recruiting him. Okay, and Acock. But but what 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 if if you're in Arizona shoes, what would you want to do? You you're you're the elite. You don't want more teams in your conference to be elite with you. So you're going to try and do everything you can to keep them at bay. Arizona's patting us on the head right now, saying, oh, we're just keeping Utah at bay, because every big-time prospect that they try and go get, we just swoop in and take. We're not allowing them to take that next level. They're just playing with us, just like USC's kind of playing with us in football. 
I mean, Katoa. Yeah, at least every other year we beat USC in football. Well, true. <laughs> but I mean, Katoa from Leighton, he is the lowest rated recruit on USC's um, class this year. Why on earth was USC even offering him? So he wouldn't go to Utah. I mean, that's just a theory, you know, but I I, I really think that's part of the game. No, I mean, well, to go off of that, and we know that a lot of times this Utah coaching staff, they try to keep players hush-hush on when they're recruiting. And we even saw it after signing day. Oh, yeah, you, they don't they don't market anything. They don't put it on Twitter. Hey, we've gotten... You know, so-and-so in for a visit, uh, show them love. You never see anything. It's very quiet. It is very behind the scenes, and I'm sure that's that's the reason, is they don't want word out that they've got a European in here that, you that know, could a lot of schools don't know about. That could backfire too, because then the, those kids who want their name out there aren't yeah. getting the recognition from the U, and they might be getting it other places. Yeah, I mean, it's a hard deal, and, uh, you know, there's no doubt in my mind the staff is doing everything that they can to, to land these guys. I mean... Tommy Connor spent the last two years bending over backwards to recruit ACOT, and he was a Utah lean until all of a sudden, two weeks out, Arizona gets heavily involved and throws a kitchen sink at him, and now he's a Wildcat. You know, because there's so, plenty of openings because four of their starters are going to the NBA this year. Exactly. Well, and that's a whole nother, you know, if you're going to recruit like that, you have to recruit like that year in and year out because you're only going to keep those guys one to two years. They're going to the NBA. And if you haven't filled them with other elite prospects, you just drop it a hole again. And that's why Arizona is able to do what they do is because every year they've got three or four, four or five-star kids coming in. So, you know, to an extent, uh, can Larry can Larry get you there in the recruiting game? That's going to be the question. Maybe they just need to stop going after the big names and just get a bunch of... L- lesser star athletes but the play as a team i mean that's well, how utah built their program in the mountain west and early yeah. in the pac-12 is just a bunch of guys that were overlooked by other teams but came in and competed and played hard well there's a part of me that wishes they would have yeah this over this last season um or the last recruiting cycle they would have got y- yoli childs from byu and kobe McEwen, who ended up at utah state both two freshmen, both were pretty solid this year, and instead, you know, we we had our height, our our eyes set on a higher type of player, struck out, and then we ended up having to go route C. So, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a tough world of recruiting, and it's a it's a tough game to be able to compete at the Pac-12 level. But I think. Uh, We've got we've got to make some strides there pretty quick, so that uh, we're not relying on just getting more out of uh, out of the average recruit well, look every at, year. Yeah, you look at the other side of it though. The U has invested a lot of money into a basketball facility and into his Larry's salary. Yeah, if and, this wh- and one day to happen, one day it'll actually pay off. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if this continues to happen, what happened this year? He's not going to have a job. They're going to have yeah. to do something. I don't. I. I mean, I think his seat probably it got a little warmer this year. But I'm not saying it's going to happen yet. now or next year, maybe even two years from now. But yeah, it could happen if things I mean, don't prog- progress. 
All right. So I know we've been really harping on this basketball team, but I think it's just because it's the whole season, the frustration. It was, let our, it, out. it was our venting session. Overall, I, I'm I'm ha- I'm happy with the program. I'm happy with with what Larry's doing, like what we talked about. He did get a lot out of the talent that was there. There's no question he's a good coach. It's just making that next step now. All right, just a reminder. So this Saturday, March 25th, there's open practice for spring football at Rice Eccles Stadium from 10 to noon. Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? At Drum and Feather. That's Drum, the letter N, Feather. And Scott? Well, you can find me at uh, Uteman underscore forever. That's Uteman underscore forever. And before we go, I got to give a big shout out to Dr. Petty at Moran Eye Center. I can finally see it in my right eye. So thank you, Dr. Petty. I know you're a big fan of the show. All right. You can follow me on Twitter at Utah Man Podcast. And you can always catch us on iTunes and Stitcher and always at our home at utahmanpodcast.com. We hope to see you on Saturday at practice. And go Utes. Go Utes. Go Nuchu. We're good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah. Jack Tuttle. He's still fully committed. He's going to be a safety in the NFL. (laughs) What was wrong with your right eye? I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) It's not like an STD. (laughs) You have gonorrhea up there? (laughs) Put your head in the the wrong beehive? Oh, Winnie the Pooh. You can follow oh, me. Oh, Pooh, you messed up my doo. <laughs> yum, my yum, yum. <laughs> oh, Paul. Bears of honey and I'm a poo bear. These are the wrong sorts of bees. <laughs> Today's podcast was brought to you by Eeyore. Well, if it is a good day, I'll bother 